Whew. Well, uh, today uh, is the last day we're all in one service, okay? So it's the la- today it might be the last day for a while that we're asking you to, hey, could you slide down? Slide, we need two more seats. Hey, is there three seats? You know, so, um, so hopefully, though, you'll keep bringing your friends and we'll, you know, do this to two services. Uh, but starting next week, okay, we go back to our normal schedule, okay, regularly scheduled programming, uh, on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 10.45, okay? So we have two services starting next week, 9.30, 10.45. Now, don't be one of these guys who intentionally show up at 10 and, to, and then pretend that you forgot, okay? Because we're making, you know, we're, we're letting you know now. But I'm, we're on to some of you. Some of you are going to show up at 10 o'clock and they'll be like, oh, man, I forgot today. Well, I guess I'll just stay for 30 minutes. You know, and you'll do church in 30 minutes. So don't do that because we'll just make you stay for the second hour, okay? Um, but, uh, but anyway, so next week, two services, 9.30, 10.45. And speaking of two services in the fall, we're ramping up for another ministry year from, uh, from the end of August to the end of May. And so you'll see these cards uh, in the seats in front of you. And uh, we would love for you to join one of our volunteer teams. And uh, we're, we're starting because of the growth. We, you know, on a normal Sunday, we'll have 100 kids back in our kids' ministry. And so we're starting three new kids' classes, okay? Um, because that, that's, it, we just need, uh, we need smaller classrooms. And we need more, we need more greeters on, on our hospitality team. And, um, and so there's all kinds of oper- ways, uh, opportunities to serve in different ways. And we'd love for you to consider that. Uh, and the way we do volunteers, it's not every week, it's every other week. And we understand sometimes you're going to be out of town. Um, but I really want you to prayerfully consider uh, signing up to be part of our volunteer team. Because things don't happen around here without our incredible, incredible volunteers. And so if you would consider that and then put on your calendar, save the date of August 27th. That Sunday night, we're going to have a volunteer rally uh, called the Together Rally, and we hand out our new volunteer T-shirts, and they look amazing as we kind of kick off our 10-year celebration on uh, August 27th. So that's what these cards are for. Fill one out, drop them in the boxes on your way out, and join a team. So, um, well, we are continuing our, our series on Storyline, and, and Thomas and Tanner and Caleb did an incredible job the last three weeks of keeping our series going down and pointing us to Jesus. And we're looking at this thread that runs throughout the whole Bible from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, that point us to Jesus. And today we get to the Old Testament character of Nehemiah. Now last week, Caleb talked about Ezra, and in the Hebrew Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah are the same book, okay? It's called Ezra and Nehemiah. But because they're two different accounts, we've separated them, and to and Ezra, he had a vision to rebuild the temple, uh, to rebuild the altar so they could worship God in the city of Jerusalem. But Nehemiah has a vision to, to rebuild the walls. Now, Nehemiah and his fellow Jews, they're in, living in exile. They were defeated by the Persians. And Nehemiah has a spot as the cupbearer to the Persian king. And he hears that a group of Jews are moving back to Jerusalem. But he also hears that the walls of Jerusalem are in shambles and he's brokenhearted. But he gets permission from the king of Persia, not only to go and rebuild the walls, but he also gets supplies from the king of Persia to rebuild these walls. And so he heads back to Jerusalem to rebuild the burned down, broken down walls of Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah, he arrives in Jerusalem and uh, 
uh, he sees that um, there's a big task to be done here. And God has given him a vision to rebuild these walls because strong walls meant a strong city and a strong city meant a strong people and a strong people and a strong army, you know, was identified in this time period with a strong God. Now, before we get started, let me just give us a vision. Hopefully you write this down, put it in your phone or write it in your notes. But let me give us a working definition of vision because that's where we're going this morning, okay? That vision is the, is the ability to see what could be in light of what is, that, that vision is the ability to see what could be in light of what is. And so you, you might have a vision for your, uh, for your family. You might have a vision for your company or your office. You might have a vision for your relationships and friendships. You might have a vision for your finances. You might have a vision uh, for this next school year. Yes, it's only two weeks away, and I'm just as bummed as my kids, okay? Um, but uh, I hate the bedtime routine, all right? I mean... My, my kid, my eight-year-old becomes the thirstiest kid alive, you know, uh, at, at bedtime. But, uh, but maybe, you have a, maybe you have a vision for, your, for, for the up-and-coming school year. But a vision is the ability to see what could be in the light of what is. And what we're going to discover in the life of Nehemiah today is, is what you already know. That anytime you and I have a God-given vision, we're going to face criticism because vision is about change and change disrupts people's lives. And so this morning, we're going to see three ways that Nehemiah handled criticism in his life. Let me just give them to you up front. I want a little audience participation here, um, but you can write them down. That the first thing he does is pray, then he remembers and then he, re, then, he, then he revises, he revises. So pray, remember, revise. So do this with me, okay? We're gonna, we'll say it out loud. We're gonna pray, okay? Then we're going to remember, and then we're gonna revise. Okay, let's do that again, okay? Pray, remember, revise. Great, let's close in prayer and hit brunch, okay? Uh, somebody was really excited about that. Um, we'll get out in time, we'll get out in time. But if you have your Bibles, turn to your table of contents, find the Old Testament book of Nehemiah, um, and we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 4. So, so Nehemiah, he's gotten permission, okay, from the king of Persia, and he's gotten supplies to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. And Nehemiah, he studies the, the wall, the broken down walls of Jerusalem. He casts his vision to the people there, and they all get to work on the wall. Now, Unfortunately, uh, this was seen as a threat to some of the leaders of the surrounding area, particularly a guy named Sanballat. And Sanballat was the governor of Samaria, which was just north of Jerusalem. Okay, and that's where our story picks up in chapter 4 of Nehemiah as we talk about vision. That vision is the ability to see what could be in light of what is. All right, verse 1, chapter 4. It says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed, and he ridiculed the Jews. So what was happening is he, he's feeling threatened, okay? And suddenly he feels like his power and his position and his wealth are being threatened. And so he goes into this defense mechanism of criticism, okay? And so that's what we're going to see unfold here. He, he ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? 
And so he immediately attacks their character. He's saying, what he's saying is these people, these Jews, these feeble Jews, they don't have the character to do a job of this magnitude. They don't have what it takes to do a job of this magnitude. But he doesn't stop there. He says, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall? And so now, not only does he attack their, their character, he attacks their ability. He, he's saying they don't have the know-how. They don't have the expertise. They don't know how to build a wall. These guys, they're not architects. These guys aren't engineers. They've never built a wall in their entire life. They do not have the ability to do this job. He goes on. He says, um, he says, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? I mean, now he's going after their commitment. He's saying they, they're not committed enough to do a job. This job's not going to be done in just a day or a month. This is going to take months, if not years, that they'll never be able to finish. Why are you guys even trying to do this? You'll never finish this job. You'll never offer your sacrifices to God in your fortified city. He goes on. He says, can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? And now he attacks their plan. He says, it's impossible to put these stones back together. They're not even stones anymore. They're rocks. The, the criticism goes on, verse 3. Tobiah, the Amorite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? I can't even tell what it is. What, what, what is it that they're trying to build? He says, even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. And so now he, they're attacking their competency. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever had your character criticized? Have you ever had your, your ability to do something criticized? Maybe your commitment or your plan or your competency. Every single one of us knows what that feels like. And apparently these criticisms, you know, they, they, they start to get back to Nehemiah and they start get, getting back to the Jews. And, and Nehemiah, he has to rally the troops and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, we're not going to give up because somebody's critical of our plan and we're not going to give up. And, and the story goes on. Jump down to verse 7. It says, But when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs and the Amorites and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead, that the ga gaps were being closed, they were very angry. And they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. In other words, these are the four areas that surround Jerusalem and they kind of all get in a meeting and they say to one another, would you like to begin or start an alliance with me? And they said, absolutely, we would love to start an alliance with you. And so they form this alliance and they're going to go after uh, Nehemiah and the Jews and says, but we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. So they were, they were ready for it. Okay. Verse 10. It says, meanwhile, the people of Ju Ju Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. In other words, they're starting to give up. And there is much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. So much rubble, we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to the work. And then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. 
And word gets out about the impending attack and people are walking off the job site. We didn't sign up for this, brother. I mean, I'm all about repairing the wall and I'm all about keeping my household safe, but I did not sign up to risk my life for some project. Now, some of us know about this all too well because you had an idea or or you had a vision and you were so excited about it. You you were so excited about it and, and you started to share your vision or your idea with the people around you and it was criticized to death. Maybe it was about your finances. And God has given you a vision for your finances and, and you, want, you, you wanted to make some changes to, uh, to the budget. You wanted to you know, pay down some debt. You wanted to give away more of your money and be more generous uh, with your money uh, because you realize that God has given you everything. But it, but it meant cutting back. And it meant making sacrifices. And so you gathered the family around and you began to share your vision and your plan. But, uh, but it was not received well, to say the least. Maybe, maybe for you, it, you wanted to make some changes at work. That God has given you an idea or a vision. It was going to improve productivity or it was going to improve morale. And you were so excited about it. And you started to share it. But your coworkers and your employees, they weren't on board. And they began to criticize and criticize and criticize in your plan, your plan. And so you just settled back into the norm. Maybe you want to make some changes about the screen time that your kids are allowed to have. And this was back in June. You wanted to cut down on the screen time and want the kids to be outside and out, you know, be more active. But uh, unlike you've ever seen, like, you know, brothers and sisters unionized. <laughs> they've never agreed on anything, but they've agreed on this. Hey, we got to put mom's plan back where it belongs. And, uh, and they just, you just met so much resistance, you just gave up. Maybe you as an adult. Maybe you had a vision of what what it would look like to honor Christ as, as, as a single adult as you date. And you have, a, you have a vision for the kind of person you want to date. And as a result, you're passing up date after date after date. And your family and your friends, man, they're like criticizing you. And they're saying, hey, your expectations are way too high. You need to lower your expectations. And you probably need to jump on the next train leaving the station, if you know what I mean. Maybe you want to make an impact for God with your family or at work or on your ball team or in the, on your campus or maybe with the club team and the families that your kids play with. And, and every time you invite someone to church or every time you say you're going to pray for somebody or every time you want to talk about you know, Jesus in the gospel, they just shut you down and shut you up. Nothing will kill a vision like criticism. I remember as a kid, this isn't in the notes, but I remember as a kid um, going to church and the pastor there, I was probably 10, 12 years old and my family really didn't eat around the table until this point, but this preacher came to town and he said, as families, we need to sit around the table and we need to have devotionals. And my dad, he uh, bought this devotional 
And uh, he said, we're going to eat as a family, and we're going to read this devotional. And I just let him have it. Night after night after night, why are we doing this? This is ridiculous. I just want to be outside and play. And I just criticized it and criticized it and criticized it to where I remember the night. He folded it, put it down on the table, and said, that's it. We're done. Still have that book, by the way. And so what do we do? What do we do when our vision is criticized? Nehemiah did three things. The first thing he did was what? Pray. pray. The first thing he did was what? Pray. Do it with me. first thing he did was pray. The first thing he did was pray. Look well, well, back at verse 4, okay? He said, hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own Heads. In other words, God, you show them how incompetent they are. God, you show them how inadequate they are. You show them their lack of character, lack of ability, lack of commitment. Go get them, God, is basically what he's saying. He says, give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in your face, in the face of your builders. Okay, so here's the deal. I think I would pray more if I knew I could pray like this. All right? I mean, this is an incredible prayer. You know, I mean, Nehemiah, he's mad. He's ticked off. And, and he says, God, since you can read my thoughts and know my heart, I'm just going to say it out loud anyway. This is how I feel. This is what I think. This is what I want done. You see, when we're criticized, our tendency is to fire back. Our tendency is to hit back. And you say, oh, yeah, well, you think I'm this? Well, you're a blankety blank, 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 and tell your mama to quit calling me. But Nehemiah, he takes all this energy and all this emotion and all this pain and he takes it to God. And God, he's not offended. He's honored. He's honored by the depth and the level of this relationship. So when you and I are criticized, we need to take that to God first. Let's say that together. First. Say it again. First. When you and I are criticized, we need to take it to God. What? First. And so the first thing that Nehemiah does is pray. The first thing he does is pray. And when we do that, here's what happens. It brings about the proper perspective and the potential for a proper response. Pray. Prayer prepares and positions us to respond appropriately to criticism. So the number one thing that Nehemiah did was what? Do it with me. Pray. The second thing that he does is, okay, half of you remembered. That's not bad. That's not bad, okay? Do it with me. The second thing he does is remember. Okay, so he what first? And second, he remembered. He remembered who God was. See, everybody quits because they get all this bad news. Look at verse 14. He says, after I look things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles and the officials and to the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Let's say that together. Remember the Lord. Let's say it again. Remember the Lord. Now do this motion. Remember the Lord. Come on, everybody. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He says, remember the Lord. 
He says, when we, get, when, we, when we get criticized, it's natural to begin second-guessing ourselves. It's natural to begin second-guessing God. But Nehemiah says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Remember how great and how good and how awesome the Lord is. Remember who he is and what he's done for us and for our ancestors. Remember that rebuilding this wall wasn't our idea. It was his. And the people are like, Oh, yeah, you're right. And they go back to work. Now, here's the deal. We need to, eva- we need to evaluate criticism, okay? And, and see and examine, is there any bit of truth to this criticism? But we also need to remember who God is and what he's done. And that's why being in the scriptures daily is so important. Because we need to read who God is and circle different names and characteristics of God. And then maybe over the margin or in our journals, we make a list of three or four things, names that, that we circled. And then we say, okay, God, which one of these do I need to be for that, that I need you to be for me today? And maybe it's faithful or strength or rest or peace or whatever it is. And you circle that and then, and then write down like two or three sentences about a time that God has been that for you in the past. And then write down two or three sentences how you need him to be that for you today. You say, well, why do I need to do that? Well, because there's going to be a time that we need to what? Remember who God is and we can go back to our margins or go back to our journal and read that two or three sentences and say, oh, yeah, that's how God was faithful to me in the past. That's how he was peace to me in the past. And if he was that for me in the past, I'm going to remember that today because that's who will be for me today. So the first thing Nehemiah does is, second thing he does is, and the third thing he does is revise. He revises the plan. Nehemiah revised the plan when he found out that they were going to be attacked. Look at verse 16 through 18. It says, from that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. And the officers posted themselves behind the people of Judah, who were building the wall. And those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet, in other words, who would alert everybody of danger, stayed with me. So Nehemiah, he gathers everybody up. And he says, listen, guys, new plan, okay? Up until now, everybody's worked on the wall. And we've made some good progress But now half of us are going to, half of our workforce is going to be the army. The other half is going to work, but we're going to work one-handed because we're going to carry our swords in the hand, in in, in the other hand. Now, everybody in, okay, build on three. One, two, three, build, okay? And they got back to work. Now, here's the deal. Vision comes from God. Usually, the plans come from us. Visions come are refined plans are revised and we cannot evaluate the success of the vision based on the success of the plan case in point how many of you have set out on a vision on an endeavor on a plan and worked up a plan and you succeeded using only plan a made no adjustments at all okay right i mean if you've ever remodeled a house you didn't go with plan A. Plan A was put this paint color up here, and you got that paint color up there, and you're like, ooh, I don't like that. 
So you go with plan B. You go with another paint color. Then it hits the morning light, hits that, and you're like, I don't like that either. So now you're with plan C. I mean, every, every January, Sarah and I, we sit down and we, and we make our budget, okay? And here's plan A if everything goes according to plan. Okay, we do that January 1. By January 3rd, we're already on plan F. Okay? I mean, we've got two kids that are going to be in college this fall. Okay? When our son left for college, I mean, he threw whatever it was. He threw in a trash bag and grabbed a dirty towel on the way out. Our daughter's headed to Texas here in a couple weeks, and we are redecorating the Taj Mahal. We're on plan T at this point. But the vision has always been the same. Do what we can for our kids to set them up for success. So, vision is from God. Plans are from us. Nehemiah said, hey, we're still building the wall. That's the vision. The vision hasn't changed. Plan C, plan D, plan F, plan T, plan Z. may take us a little longer. And as the band comes, let me just close with these thoughts. When we get a vision for a person, maybe a family or family member, a friend, to invite them to church or share Christ with them or even to meet a physical need. When we get a vision for a group of people, maybe it's you know, that, that all those families that we play ball with every weekend or, or maybe it's you know, the, our coworkers or our neighbors. When we get a vision to change something in our lives, we will, we will be criticized. But here's the deal. Jesus came and he lived the life that we can't live and he died the death that we deserve. And he was criticized at every turn. He he, he was criticized by the religious leaders. He was criticized by the political leaders. He was criticized by 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 the masses. He was criticized by the devil himself. And every time he responded through scripture and prayer. We need to get in the habit of responding to criticism by praying to God, by remembering who God is and what he's done, and and being willing to revise our plans accordingly. And I'm just going to ask that everybody would just bow your head and close your eyes. And let me ask you a couple of questions. As we've talked today, what, what vision has God given you for a person or a group? And maybe, maybe you don't have one yet. And ask him, give me a vision for, for somebody that I can be intentional about investing in and their spiritual growth this semester. Maybe, maybe God gave you a vision about your finances and you want to make some, make some changes. Maybe God gave you a vision about your family and you want to make some changes there. What did God give you a vision about? as you set the course for that vision, remember, pray first. Remember who God is and what he's done second. Be willing to revise that plan as the days go forward.